Blade Runner, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, Tron, Conan the Barbarian, Poltergeist, John Carpenter's The Thing, and Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. And what do all these movies have in common? Well, you know, they all came out in 1982. And for the past four decades, we've been watching these movies over and over again. But as we are about to discover, watching them was only the beginning. My name is Scott Mance, and I'm a film critic or as I like to call it, a film enthusiast. I'm a fan, and I am so excited to announce the start of a campaign so we can start filming a documentary called 1982 Greatest Geek Gear Ever. We're going to be bringing you an in-depth, fascinating, and totally gonzo look at the greatest geek gear ever. 1982. We're going to be traveling the globe, interviewing the stars, the filmmakers, and the super fans. So support us and help us by going to our Indiegogo campaign. And as an incentive, I hope you'll check out some of the great backers rewards so you can help us get to the finish line and we can all party like it's 1982. If you're a fan of Inglorious Trexperts, but just don't want to hear all that Star Trek all the time. Uh, listen to us on the 4.30 movie. It's another podcast uh, available on Electric Now. If you're a fan of the 4.30 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Doctorman, and we are the Inglorious. Trexperts. And this is the Trexperts go to Las Vegas. Or you could call it, or you could call it a sin trek. Or but we didn't do much sinning in Vegas. It would no. just be to be the for the pun's sake. It's, it was it's not a v lot of sinning. Viva Las Trexperts, basically. Viva Las Trexperts. I like that one. Let's go with that. And speaking of Trexperts, a newly minted Trexpert was born. We have a new Trexpert in the room. I know it's very exciting. I want to introduce everybody, everybody far and wide throughout the galaxy. Because a signal could be making its way to Alpha Centauri one day, and they too will hear the stories of the minting of a new Trexpert. Mm, it's like you know the baby Jesus being born in those Christmas specials. You know, this is how exciting no, it is. No, it's not. It's not like <laughs> it's not like baby Jesus. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I mean. The, the I <laughs> okay so anyway I mean, look, i'm just gonna say we can't talk yet i can't talk yet i'm talking you can't talk yet even we're, though we're, I... we're, we're introducing you mm -hmm. we're introducing mm -hmm. you so mm -hmm. this weekend in vegas we made it miller who was john the jonathan harris of this show who who would be a special guest star he's been a special guest star for as we come to the end of our third season and we will be beginning our fourth season in september we, we took out the batlet and we knighted him. One land, one king, one Trexpert to rule them all. And that He's, was Ashley Edward Miller. Congratulations, Ashley Miller. Congratulations. 
He's he's the cousin Oliver of Inglorious Trexperts oh, now. God, in, I hope not. In the fourth season. <laughs> yeah, me too. Just <laughs> that horrible thing happened to that kid. Wasn't uh, cousin Oliver a fifth season of Brady Bunch? I know, but we're not fifth season. We're right? I know. So well, cousin Oliver's not has not yet arrived. Right. As long as I'm not the scrappy do. Oh, well, right. I could some, be. Sometimes or Godzuki. Or Godzuki. Right? The Godzuki. Maybe you guys <laughs> can explain. I was I was talking to my son. Uh, about um, he was he was looking through um, Disney Plus at all the different Fantastic Four cartoons, right. and I said I remember as a kid there was a Fantastic Four cartoon where they substituted the Human Torch mm-hmm. for Herbie, Herbie the robot because right. they were afraid kids would light themselves on fire. Yep. Right. Yep. That's I'm crazy. thinking that you know what it is. Maybe kids who are dumb enough to light themselves on fire should should be allowed to. I, you know, I, I'm just saying that maybe they should. Yeah. We're, we're messing with uh, with uh, natural forces that shouldn't be messed with. Now, later, yeah. Herbie did, in fact, find his way into the comic books. I know. Yeah, that's crazy, huh? Yeah. Well, yeah. the funny thing is, the guy who played Herbie set himself on fire. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> God, no, he didn't. it's like, I, uh, I it's like uh, the Bad News Bears. Let them play. That's it's right. like, let Herbie. Herbie should live. I want to live. <laughs> Let him live. <laughs> Herbie did actually kind of look a little like um, like Nomad, honestly. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, right. You know, Captain only Kirk around have... the eyes. But where was the episode where he goes crazy and he's like, must sterilize? And I mean, that would have been awesome, but I never did that. Herbie just so, kind of... uh, so anyway. <laughs> welcome. Uh, welcome as a welcome full... Thank you. So uh, you're, you're now required to provide full dues. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> Wait, I was, I was promised there would be no math. But well, there's uh, no math. We, uh, we just returned. We just returned from Las Vegas, where we were at the wonderful Creation Entertainment 55-year mission uh, tour, uh, where they did their annual Las Vegas uh, convention, their swinging shindig. Um, Boy, say that one time. That was a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't a swinging shindig. It was a Star Trek image. (laughs) Swinging shindig. We'd have totally different stories. All right. (laughs) A shinning swing dig. Damn right it is. Jessica Van Puttermaker. And (laughs) speaking of shins, how's yours? Yeah. Let let me tell you, for those of you at home who, who, who were one of the throngs of people that weren't at the Star Trek convention, because you were concerned about the Delta flyer or the Delta virus or whatever. Delta and quadrant. I, the Delta quadrant. Um, so I'm, I'm, you know, I was a little being a little, I wouldn't even say paranoid. I was being, um, I was being responsible. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, obviously we're all vaccinated. You should be too. Right. Dr. Brian, Dr. Ken, all our listeners. So yes. they don't show up in your emergency room and you look at them and say, why weren't you vaccinated? You beep idiot. So um, anyway, the point being, I was reaching for a hand hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer. I was, you know, putting my hands together, getting a hand sanitizer uh, and, and some woman on one of those little carts, those little uh, scooters uh, was driving exceptionally fast. You could uh, say she was going at warp speed and um, and it hit me, hit me in the shin with her cart. Now, obviously. I have nothing but uh, sympathy and concern for the handicap, but you got to be responsible here. And, and she was just, I mean, going, you know, where's the fire? And, and, and hit me really hard. 
And it, it was it was like a long enough walk from the room at the Rio to the to the whole convention floor as it was. But I was like, you know, bring out the gimp the rest of the show because I'm just limping around uh, on that one, on my one good leg after being hit by the scooter. And you definitely uh, took a broadside. Um, you were there. You yeah, saw damn right I was. It was like that scene at the end of Nemesis when the scimitar rams the Enterprise. It's exactly um, what it was like. It's and it's exactly just as entertaining. Just as actually, it was actually very horrifying to watch. I thought, oh, shit. Well, and, 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 <laughs> and in dialogue indicative of John Logan's tour de force writing, um, <laughs> this woman started uh, accusing me of somehow uh, getting in her way. It's like, well, obviously, I, you I, did. Yeah, by standing <laughs> at the, the hand sanitizer machine, yeah. getting hand sanitizer on my hands. When she comes roaring around the corner, like like that that jackass Leo Walsh goes right into me. <laughs> I swear, I mean, all the dilithium crystals were gone by the time this was over. I, I, I it was really aggravating, and I you know I'm still not a hundred percent. You never will be. No, I look. I mean, you know, I got hit pretty hard. It was really never, aggravating. You'll never forgive her for the death of your shin. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? Because it's not the first time that I've gotten, you know, I, I, it seems like I'm always whatever I'm on set. I'm always tripping and falling. And, you know, it's well, like, uh, well, be careful what you say here, because this leads me to believe that uh, the only constant in this equation is you. Yeah, yeah well, maybe, now, maybe you are an actual. Uh, no, no, Ashley, Ashley will tell you, Ashley yeah. will tell you. That it was definitely not my fault. It was definitely not Mark's fault. All right. I saw it happen in slow motion. And uh wasn't that slow. Not that slow, right? It was just Mark. No. <laughs> but I will point out it was Friday the 13th. Yeah. And um, we had, yeah. I think, just completed our first panel of the day. Uh, that was moderated by Scott Mance. And Darren nearly took a hilarious pratfall walking yeah. onto the stage, tripping over a thing. Like right. it was, and he fell into my arms and it was, it was just a thing. It was a moment. Uh, a, there's a reason you're a Trexpert now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, look, there's it, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Okay. But, no, uh, but it was, that kind of thing was happening. I just, I think it was Friday the 13th, man. Um, well, also she wasn't paying attention. Well, right, right about now, our listeners are saying, I wish they'd be talking about politics. I, I right. wish. Um, right. But, but uh, I want to, before we talk about that panel, let, let, let's talk a little bit about the trip. Now, I know a lot of you who listened a couple of weeks ago to Darren's heartfelt tribute to uh, uh, the uh, Ticonderoga and Shatner were really moved by his uh, emotional uh, recounting of this wonderful uh, weekend that he spent with Bill Shatner. This show is not going to be that. This is okay? not that. This is not that. There was nothing emotional about this weekend. It was a good time. Uh, the, we we had fun. It was great seeing so many of our listeners, uh, fans of the of the podcast. There, um, all that's great, but it, it was not an emotional time. No. You're not going to listen to this episode and 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 have a tear coming down your eye. Oh, you might. I have sweat coming down my my uh, face, like Roy Brocksmith in Total Recall, because. Um, Unfortunately, my air conditioner on this side of the house is broken 
and I'm it's sweltering in here. It's sweltering. I don't do well without air conditioning. This and, is not uh, your week, man. I'm having a bad week. I get home and the air conditioning's broken. It's it's um, not a hot it's not a hot day in Southern California. Luckily, let me tell. It's been hot the last couple of days, and I'm upstairs in my office where it's hot. It's very hot. It's well, hot as Vulcan. I know where that expression comes from now. Well, you, you know we're gonna we're gonna be looking at you, and you're gonna be uh, bursting out in a flop sweat like Aaron Altman in uh, broadcast news. So that's right. let's just that's let's right. just be careful about that. I, I'll make sure to sit on my jacket. That's right. To, and punch um, your one thought. <laughs> By the way, for those of you who have not seen broadcast news, turn off this podcast right now <laughs> and go get the Criterion Blu-ray of broadcast news. One of the great movies, James Brooks. Uh, I know we're not doing the 430 movie right now, but one of the great movies of all time. And and uh, it doesn't get the love that it deserves anymore. I remember what was it beat uh, for a uh, best picture by? Do you remember? Oh, that was uh, what? 87. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think so. Yeah. You remember uh, what, what beat it? Something some ridiculous. I, I something, some annoying art house crap, probably. Can I look it up? Yeah. yeah hell yeah. This is the 430 okay. movie. Wait, how about this? Maybe, maybe hey, it was Dances with Wolves. Oh, it might have okay. been. Let's see. Hey, Alexa. What won Best Picture in 1987? Here's something I found on the web. According to Emmanuel.com, in 1987, Bertolucci's historical epic, The Last Emperor, struck most of the Oscars. The Last Emperor. Well, yeah, that was the awards in 1987. Oh, yeah, okay. Those would be the words for 88. Okay, I stand corrected. Hey, Alexa, what won Best Picture in 1988? The winner of the 1988 Oscar for Best Picture was The Last Emperor. She just said that in The Last well, Emperor. It didn't win two, two years in a row. Things. No, it did not. Alexa is not a Trexpert, nor Clearly. a former movie spurt. Nor, nor a special a special guest star. Uh, I think we're going to keep her off the show. Of all, our, all our <laughs> listeners, Alexas, are answering the same thing. So Incorrectly. <laughs> That's right. This is going to be most vexing. So, okay, let's talk about the Star Trek convention. So creation was celebrating its 50th anniversary of, you know, five decades in the business. They were kind enough to invite uh, uh, Darren and myself uh, as special guests. Uh, We extended an invitation to Ashley to join us, uh, as well as Rafe Needleman. But Rafe's dead to us because he didn't come. Oh, he's not dead um, to us. No, he's not. <laughs> no, no, no. He, you he know, just couldn't. Come. He couldn't make it. And he's we had to true. honor that. It's not that he couldn't make it. He didn't want to make it. He, no, he, he look. In honesty, he I was coming. Like many other people, he was understandably concerned about uh, the Delta virus. And he was going to bring his son. And he didn't think it was worth uh, going to Vegas uh, uh, with his son. Uh, during a, a pandemic, which I totally appreciate. I mean, there were times where Apparently I thought not. I was crazy, like when I was getting hand sanitizer on my, That's uh, right. my hands. Yeah, it's way more dangerous than you thought it would be, right? The hand sanitizer did nothing to protect you from getting run over from the scooter. by some lady on a scooter. The scooter variant. Right. You know, Wouldn't that have been I, a bitch? Like you get vaccinated, you get the hand sanitizer, and the way you go out is you get run over by a lady a scooter at a Star Trek it's, convention. It's just like Patton. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just like Patton. Exactly like Patton. History doesn't repeat itself. It just rhymes. I know. <laughs> I, I was thinking I about who I was in a previous life. And uh, <laughs> I I, wow. uh, I don't know who, who it was, but uh, it was James Gregory. No. Um, anyway, anyway, so 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 uh, 
so so we go we go to the convention we go to the convention and it was really fun because and you're gonna get a lot of product placement in this episode right. so darren and i went on jsx now for those of you who don't know jsx is this really great airline that flies from los angeles to vegas it's like flying private and other places it's a short yeah. it's a short run airline and i think jet blue owns it um yeah. and uh because i got jet blue points i think and uh, it, it's great because you, you literally drive up and within 10 or 15 minutes of arriving at the terminal, you you're just the hand plane. them your bags. You're on the plane and you're off to Vegas. So yeah. I never had a good flight to Vegas. This was the exception. This was it. Yeah. We left on time. It was we got off. The bags were waiting for us on the tarmac and our car came to pick us up. I was like, this is great. I'm going to have the greatest time. Everything's going to plan. That was until I got hit by that scooter. But um, <laughs> let's let's put the scooter aside for now because we know you we know you suffered. Let's bring the joy of the trip out. Yeah, let's right. bring the joy, the joy of track. <laughs> um, right. Okay, so like my um, flight on Spirit Airlines. Wait, right? No, 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 not so much. No. Yeah, you didn't have a good experience on Spirit, did you? You, you no. weren't in the, the the spirit of it. I all. wasn't in the spirit of it all. So you were game. Uh, spirit you landed. Spirit is good for other reasons. Well, you know, I was a little concerned when um, I realized that I heard like this cranking noise outside the window and kind of a stretching noise. And I looked out the window and what I saw was a giant rubber band as we were being pulled backwards to be let go and slingshotted into the sky. Around the Uh, sun? Around the sun. It was was a little- survived our nuclear era? Yeah, it was like they said it was like a cost-saving measure. I, I didn't really believe it. But you know what? At least I landed in Vegas, uh, and at least I immediately got into my hotel room. Right. I was thinking of all well, these deep episodes we did, like uh, Robert Butler and um, Joe jo D'Augusta and you know, deep dive in Star Trek Three. Now we're talking about the airlines we flew to <laughs> Vegas. However, I do want to point out that we have a very large listenership and that if JSX wants to uh you know comp us with a few uh, tickets for mentioning them so prominently in the podcast in our, in our very popular podcast yeah. that goes out to many many listeners around the world well i guess i just screwed up this spirit yeah. ticket yeah. comp didn't you I? ain't getting no comps from spirit that's for sure no, no, hell no, but jsx not. maybe wants to include because they now fly uh, between los angeles and dallas yeah so and, it, and now that you're an official trexpert perhaps right. those perks will go along with it Damn right they will. I'm just, I have the greatest enthusiasm for this mission. <laughs> Thank I'm you. excited. I like Thank being you. official. It made me smile. Like, you guys, like, you crossed out the honorary on my certificate. My heart grew three sizes. It was fantastic. I think it made you smarter. I think you have more, more compelling things to say now that you're an official Trexpert. That's I think O-O-N spells moon. <laughs> no, save that for the Space 1959 oh, episode. <laughs> Uh, so so anyway, so we, we we get to we get to Las Vegas. We check into the Rio. Not one of my favorite hotels, but it was convenient. It's convenient, and, and that's where the con was. That's and right. So it's it put the con and con. Right. <laughs> Although one of the first things we saw, which was very funny, was uh, Kang's restaurant. Right. And yeah. you know, of course, I know yeah. you're all a fan of the restaurant enterprise from Saturday Night Live. So it's like, you know, we immediately like only a fool fights in a burning kitchen. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just it was so perfect to have Kang there. And I can't believe that nobody cosplayed as Kang, you know, the whole um, the whole week. Actually, I think I might have seen one Klingon that sort of looked like Kang. 
Mm. Uh, might have been his brother, but King, King, Kong. Kong Can Kong. I ask you? I mean, since we're mentioning Kang from Day of the Dove, uh, played by the great, late, great Michael, Michael and Sarah, the, yeah. the ex-husband of um, Barbara Eden. Who yeah. was your favorite Klingon? Favorite actor oh. to ever play a Klingon? I, In the original I, series or any of them? All of them. Oof. I, mm. I love John Colicos. He was absolutely, he was the he was the first Klingon, the first Klingon written. And uh, his performance is so sinister, but he's really smart. Is it Colicos or Colicos? Colicos. It is Colicos. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Colicos um, is a video game system from the 1980s. <laughs> okay He's so not um and what about what about what about you ashley who's your favorite klingon i say uh, look i have to actually agree with with darren I, I think he kind of set the tone for everybody who came after that but i will say that there is an embarrassment of riches in terms of uh actors who played klingons uh in later years i mean obviously there's the awesome michael dorn tony todd is fantastic um, both of those guys, J.G. Hertzler as Martok was absolutely fantastic. It was just, you know, those roles really sang. But I, I think that uh, that uh, that that Calicos, no, uh, or <laughs> that John Calicos, uh, actually, like he was the man. Like I don't know that, like the, I don't know that the Klingons would have been back without what he did. That's well, why I, you are a Trexpert now, because look at how, how facile you are able to just, you know, talk about this stuff without any reference, without any looking in it. You just off the top of your head, look at all that. And, and I can't argue because, you know, unlike the Vulcans, which, you know, there were two great Vulcans, maybe three. I mean, there's like, obviously, Leonard, mm-hmm. you know, Sarek is great, uh, yeah. Mark Leonard. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I like Jolene. I thought Jolene was good. I, I think you could argue that Tim Russ was Tim good. Tim Russ did a good job too. Yeah. So okay. So you know, literally, the, the, you could count them on on one hand, right? Klingons. It's like you have John Colicos. You have I think William Campbell, who was terrific in Tribbles. Totally. Yep, Michael sure. and Sarah, who's fantastic. The best thing about Day of the Dove. Yep. You know, um, even the the woman who played Mara was was sure. great. And mm-hmm. and then you know you get into the later series, like you said, Michael Dorn. Uh, uh, Tony Todd um, and Deep Space Nine. I mean, oh my God, it's Robert O'Reilly. I mean, it just yeah. goes on and on. How many great Klingon performances? So, Christopher Plummer. Uh, talk about talk about Christopher Plummer. Well, we know how you feel about Star Trek Six, Darren. Yeah. I look my my position on how the Klingons became after TOS. I think they became a little too animal like. They mm. they they became a little too feral. Um, mm. Because the the thing I liked about about specifically Colicos's uh, portrayal was that he was equally as refined and smart and uh, cunning as he should have been. He wasn't yeah. he he wasn't uh, you know operating on instinct or or you know just a sort of a, a craven uh, a desire for power. He was a tactician and he was a warrior, um, and he wasn't an animal. He was. He was a a, uh, a a force equal to that of Captain Kirk. Yeah. And I thought there was a, a refinement there that was completely missing later on. And it became a little, it, for, my, for my tastes, a little too much uh, uh, animal and, and uh, sort of, uh, uh, 
I, I can't, I can't well, think, I think of the word. I don't know that I, I disagree with you, honestly. I, I, I think that like you make a really good point. I mean, and I, it was one of the things that I actually really loved about, um, about Blood Oath uh, and, on Deep Space Nine when they brought back Colicos and, and Sara and mm-hmm. Campbell and brought those characters into that universe. And they just kind of had that, they still had that thing. They, they were characterized a bit differently than they had been, but they were still... Um, they were still like a, like almost a, a breed apart from what we had seen from, yeah. from other Klingons. And I think that, you know, JG Hertzler, like Martok, General Martok was awesome. Like he completely fit that mold that you're talking about. It was the thing that really set him apart and made him feel like, okay. Um, but, but the uh, moment that they yeah. start growling at each other, it right. turns me off. Right. It, I, I, you know what? I agree with you. Um, but, I don't know that it needs to, that it needs to get there. I love the, the warrior culture. I love like, the the primal energy i th- i don't know that it always had to go to the place yeah, yeah. exactly I, it's funny darren because I, I i i kind of agree with you you know they preferred them when they're sort of cunning and strategic you know even when campbell my dear captain Kolok, yeah. my dear captain yeah. Kolok, yeah. and then you know in errand of mercy when you see colicos um with the organians you know where he's very like to the point you know until you turn over the federation spies you know, we're going to yeah, destroy we're gonna kill a hundred, a hundred organ. Right. Yeah. Until yeah. Rafe Needleman came along and fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But um, by the way, Rafe, I was only kidding. Totally get the fact that you didn't want to come to Vegas. That was very smart. Believe me, I, I until I got my negative COVID test yesterday, I was sweating that too. So, um, and that was, was the air vaccination. That too. So, yeah, okay. um, but then again, I also love Colicos in Soldier of the Empire where yes. he is sort of a, a guy on the way out, you know, um, he's been putting out, out the pasture and that's a wonderful episode, but you're yep. right. Blood oath. They're great. in. I mean, it just, uh, there's something very operatic. And the thing people forget, I think about Star Trek, Star Trek isn't really great science fiction. It's great space opera, yeah. you know? And, uh, and so I love the operatic nature of the Klingons in next gen and deep space nine, but you know, obviously my heart belongs to the original which is something we talked about on our panel yeah. at uh, our first panel. Um, we were talking about great Star Trek moments and, and uh, it was the, the three of us uh, <laughs> in a panel moderated by Scott Mance and uh, featuring Adam Malin, one of the uh, uh, partners in creation entertainment. Yep. What was that? Uh, what did you think of that panel? I thought, I thought it was fun. I mean, the funny thing is we, we sort of, done that panel before on this show yeah we have (laughs) Uh, uh, and and so the the uh, idea of trying to make it different than before and uh, I think uh, Scott brought a different energy to it and uh, you know as his uh, you you know completely uh, ebullient personality sort of takes over discussions sometimes and he asks questions that he already knows the answer to um, is uh, is kind of a funny thing and it it adds some energy to it Um, but uh, I was trying to think of, you know, some moments that I hadn't talked about before. Right. And uh, and to try and sort of, uh, you know, stir it up a little bit and try and find a different angle on things. Uh, and I think we were all, uh, you know, moderately successful at that. And I think the, you know, the audience, which was uh, which was pretty good for uh, 11 o'clock on uh, Saturday, uh, Friday morning, yeah. uh, was uh, was uh, with us and they were enjoying it, too. Hopefully they were totally yeah. into it. I mean. I, I'm with you, Darren. I mean, uh, the way that I prepared for that panel was I wanted to look for 
sort of great but unsung moments that you don't really think about. Because like you said, I mean, my God, man, if you want to hear about like greatest moments in science fiction or Star Trek or whatever on this podcast, then there is literally half a day yeah. worth of material at the at very at, least. At least seven hours. At least seven. <laughs> um, it's just, there's a ton. Um, and I think maybe in retrospect, that's that's how we should have framed that panel. The great unsung moments of right. Star Trek. Right? right. Because then it's like, then it kind of makes you think like, what do you really love about these shows and why do you love it? Well, right? it's, it's, it's the little moments. Yeah. It's the little moments. And that that's, I, I think I picked uh, uh, at least one of those. Yeah. Well, it was fun. funny because uh, I didn't exactly know what we were doing on that panel. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had, you know, Adam called me like 15 minutes before we went on stage and said, so what are we doing? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? He says, well, are you moderating? I'm like, well, no, I figured Scott would moderate because he loves to do that and I don't care. So, um, and, and he's like, okay, great. So I, it's like, are we talking about like Star Trek's greatest moments? What are we doing? So I guess, I said, I guess we'll find out when we get there. And, um, and uh, you know, it was great. We all got on stage and had a lovely conversation. Although it was so, so funny because Scott at one point uh, says to me, I want to ask you questions. And it's multiple choice. You can only answer A or B. And I said, stop right there. It's like in uh, the Meat Love song. Stop right there. You know, and, 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 uh, and he's like, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to predict what the question you're about to ask me. This is, this is, this is how well we know Scott Mance. I said, you're going to ask me, was it more upsetting? Were you more upset at Spock's death in Star Trek II? Or when the Enterprise was destroyed in Star Trek Three, and not only was he in that exactly the question he was guys all weekend long, he would just turn. We could be at dinner. He would turn me. How did you know what I was going to ask you? <laughs> I said two dimensional thinking. Oh, but uh, okay. but uh, but he um, he was like stunned. I mean, he kept every time I'd see him, and we were on two other panels against. I don't understand how you knew what I was going to ask you, and. Um, the amazing Kreskin. So, uh, it was funny because when I answered, I answered honestly. I think it was the Enterprise um, blowing up in Star Trek Three. I think people were surprised because I, you know, after remember, you always knew Spock was coming back, and you were kind of prepared for it. But you know, the Enterprise. I don't know. I think because also I was a Kirk guy. I feel like the Enterprise meant more to Kirk than Spock. So <laughs> he had to choose. Uh, you know, obviously, between, obviously, it did. Yeah. Until uh, that moment when he had to give up both. Oh, so, he's turning death into a fighting chance for life. Sure. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if I answered that question, honestly. Um, but uh, but it was an interesting thing to ponder. Um, you know, and I'm trying to remember what else Scott asked us during that. Uh, I, I know Adam said some really interesting things about his perspective and obviously yeah. having done these shows for the last 50 years and getting to know uh, a lot of the cast. I mean, I mentioned that I had one of my favorite moments of Star Trek at a creation convention, which of course was when Gene met George Lucas, you know, Gene Roddenberry and George Lucas together. You got, you know, peanut butter, my chocolate, you got chocolate, my peanut butter, but it was, you know, tasty, tasty. And it's, it's interesting. I don't, I don't think we've ever, you and I have talked about this before, but I was there too. I was in that room and uh, we were there and we didn't know each other yet. Not, we wouldn't know each other for another 15 years, 10 years, Some, uh, 10 years, well, it was yeah. 87. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we probably yeah. met ten around years. 96, 97, 10 yep. years there. So we wouldn't even meet for another 10 years because there's certain eddies and currents that bring. <laughs> and yeah. Ashley, Ashley was 15 at the time. So yeah. Yeah. So he no. wouldn't have been there. No. That was a I great. That, you know, look, when I look back at conventions, you know, there are very few that I think were really special. That Star Wars convention was special. Yeah. You know, because they talk about finding your tribe. You know, it was kind yeah. of like I've been to a bunch of Star Trek, but like I, it was my first time ever being in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And uh, I arrived like the night. It was like it was amazing. It was it was just like Gene and George together. And yeah. there was some props. There was some great props. And there was a dealer's room. And it was just I'd been to a bunch of creation conventions, a bunch of fan conventions before them that I had really enjoyed. I mean, I remember seeing the Star Trek two trailer for the first time at a creation convention in 1982 and um, uh, going to another one in New Jersey where I saw George talk about how they hoped they would re-release Star Trek, the motion picture one day with additional footage um in 70 millimeter <laughs> and uh but uh but uh you know that was extraordinary that star wars 10th anniversary event yeah so well, this wasn't that this was no this was this was different <laughs> because you know it had a very different vibe because you yeah. know in the run-up to the convention there were a lot of people on social who were saying you know i, I really struggled with my decision but i'm not going to go and look it's a very personal choice you know do you want to go into the heart of the storm nevada uh, you know, had a huge amount of cases. And I have to say, uh, uh, you know, they would give you a yellow bracelet if you were vaccinated, an orange bracelet if you weren't. I was a little surprised, to be honest, how many of those orange bracelets I saw at a mm-hmm. Star Trek convention for people that you would think value science and that are maybe a little more intellectual. Uh, it was really surprising to see how many people hadn't been vaccinated. Very disappointing, I have to say. Well, the thing is, I, I think that the, the the convention itself handled things uh, very, well. very well. Yes, I and, agree. Uh, and uh, the, it seemed like they were uh, taking all the precautions that you needed to do to uh, keep everyone uh, safe and uh, and clean and uh, you know protected. Uh, unless you were hit by a, uh, <laughs> a scooter while <laughs> trying to clean your hands in a. And a shocking, like, manifestation of irony, just like just writ, just large right in front of us. They were very good about communicating who was dropping out and who they were, you know, also in terms of because they lost a lot of talent. You a know? lot of the yeah, yeah a lot a of the lot. actors dropped off very late in the in the. Uh, yeah. In fact, they had all those banners up of people who were supposed to be there. And I'm struggling to think, like, who was on a banner who was actually there? Right. Yeah, they were there. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. But I think that people kind of took it in stride, which I think is good. Like the just the people at the convention. The crowd crowd was very was very good and very well behaved. And there wasn't any uh, there wasn't any situations. And uh, the uh, all the people who came up to us were extremely uh, uh, well spoken and uh, and uh, good natured and, uh, you know, even even Mark would say so, and he's not really a fan of uh, interacting. Uh, but it was uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was really nice. Peter kept saying, "Peter, you know who our guest host, Peter Holmstrom, who was manning the booth uh, with um, Aaron Ratner um, most of the time." He said, "All oh, these people kept looking for you, but they said you're never here." I said, "Exactly." <laughs> <laughs> and I think on Twitter, one of our our, our our regular listeners had mentioned, "I came by the booth, but you guys were never there." You know where. 
you know, what happened? I said, we were an interface. So, uh, <laughs> but we would occasionally appear. We, and then... we, we gave specific times where we were going to be at the booth uh, on Twitter. And uh, usually we were both there. Yeah, exactly. 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 And look, I, it was a real pleasure to meet so many of you um, and to get that great feedback about the podcast, how much you people uh, uh, loved, uh, you know, love the podcast, how much it means to you. Um, it, it, it certainly helps uh, a fan it helps our passion for it. it. It helps us yeah. keep doing it because uh, that means a whole world of, uh, of goodness to hear that it actually uh, is important to you that you listen to us which is a, a little uh, uh, humbling. Uh, yeah, but, uh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's great to be able to share this enthusiasm with everybody. Well, and I, I, you know, after 20 something years, I still have these people coming down, you know, telling me how much free enterprise means to them. And, uh, you know, I, I really need to give Rob uh, Burnett a call to, 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 to share that, those kudos with him uh, because uh, it's, it's really sweet and meaningful you know, that's something you put into the world and meant so much to you all these years ago. Uh, obviously, Darren was a big part of that, too. Uh, you know, it still touches people uh, as much as it does. And uh, that, that's also very gratifying. Well, yeah, it does. I mean, I, you know, saw that movie without the context of, of knowing you um, or being in the tribe of like of living in a completely different life at the time that that film came out. And it definitely spoke to me. Um, and I think maybe even at the time that you made it, I'm not sure that that you quite appreciate it. Like even like a couple of years afterwards, like when I met you, I'm not sure that you quite appreciated how much um, that movie spoke to kind of fans out in the hinterlands, right? Mm. Who were kind of in LA because it was really about a specific experience um, and a specific relationship with Star Trek in terms of just the LA of it all and the film business and the and the and the swingers of it all right but um just the the way that it is you know this this idea and this this thing that kind of infects our lives and the way that we talk to each other and how you know important it is as you i think it was you know it, I, just a few minutes ago my god i'm getting old you know darren talking about finding your tribe no it was mark it was mark. talking about finding his tribe right it's that right it's like we all kind of do that and, you know, I, I, it was also wish fulfillment. You know, what What if you did see Captain Kirk reading porn? Wouldn't you want him to, like, be in your movie? Of course you would. Wouldn't you want to, like, you know, get him to, like, to, you know, to rap, you know, a, a speech from Caesar and then get a whole host of Priceline commercials that you make no money off of? Isn't that the dream? <laughs> Isn't that That's what fandom is That's why we're a border. That's why we're a border. Um. Yeah, it, it, look, it, it's, it's really nice. But, you know, we have a lot of people who, you know, you get these same kinds of stories that the Trek actors get about how it changed people's lives. And that, like, is very special. So um, not to get maudlin about it. By the way, are those headphones, the, the new Apple headphones that you're wearing? Uh, no, they no, are Beats not. headphones. Oh, okay. Yeah, now I'm not talking about the Beats. Remember they came out with these this pair of very expensive headphones yeah. a couple of months ago? Yeah, I was curious if they're worth getting. I got, uh, I, I got a pair. They're really good, uh, but uh, so pro. they're they're uh, you know they don't handle a charge very well. They're good on airplanes. Oh, oh yeah. mm -hmm. but you know, yet they also don't uh, accommodate the the Apple lossless, which is That's I need a correct. good pair that 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 
does Apple lossless. Only wired headphones will do that. Yeah. 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 By the way, uh, did you pick up the uh, new uh, Star Trek Two um, soundtrack album? Uh, I haven't picked it up yet, but uh, I, I'm I'm told that uh, uh, a couple are waiting for me. What is that yeah, strange that... technology you're holding in your hand, Mark Altman? Well, La La Land just came out with an all new, and we're going to do an episode on this coming up in the next couple of weeks. But La La Land just came up with a remastered uh, Star Trek II from the original master tapes, and uh, I haven't even listened to it. I just got it today. I hear it's spectacular. It's a, it's a brilliant job uh, by uh, uh, my partner on that uh, secret project, Mike Matasino, uh, and uh, Neil Bulk, who produced it. It's uh, it sounds incredible and there are some cuts in it that you have never heard before and that's it's great awesome can i just say it's not a secret project when it's been announced in the trades yeah that's a fact you know There's it's like it's been it, it's like been announced it's like you don't have to say secret project no, anymore. it's been announced but i i i i, I can't talk about it so. I know you can't talk about it. We're not asking you to talk about it. But I'm saying you don't have to say <laughs> it's, not it. it's not a secret project. It's fun it's a well known secret project. It's, it is it's, a it's project like, with secrets. It's, it's like, a project it's, cloaked in secrecy. It's like James Bond, the world's most famous secret agent. I mean, how ludicrous is that? You know, right. everyone knows James Bond and he's a secret agent. He's the worst secret agent in the world. Yeah, because everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just killed James Bond. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, is that who that? Everybody was? tries once. <laughs> anyway, yeah. yeah the, the disc is incredible. I, I was able to hear a a, a, a pre-release version of it, and it's uh, it's great. Even if though you, it was a secret project. Like that kind of thing. Well, yeah, that was a secret I, project too. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to listening to it. Um, you know, well, like, I'm so happy. James Horner, who apparently did this in two weeks. Un- it's amazing. It's amazing. And we're really, you know, we owe a debt of gratitude to Bob Salen and Nick Meyer for uh, hiring him to do Star Trek 2. And you can ar- argue that, you know, his score for Star Trek 3 is even better. I mean, they're both amazing scores. Yes. So anyway. Okay. So, so let's, here let's we talk are. about other things we did yeah. at the con. Yeah. 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 Well, I want to talk the about. Dinners. I want to. <laughs> the dinners. The dinners, the dinners. So full intensity. You know, one of the one of the things we were really looking forward to. One of the things we were looking forward to was um, having some good good eating in Los Angeles, in Las Vegas, because of course they're renowned for their restaurants. And uh, you know, one of the things we quickly learned at the Rio was most of the restaurants were closed. But the first night, um, I had made a reservation for us at SW's, which is the steak house at the Wynn. And uh, we went there. That was our first, our dinner the first night. And oh my God, was that amazing? Was that it delicious? It was totally amazing. And we also learned an incredibly valuable lesson because when we got there, they didn't have the reservation. Right. And the oh, yeah. only reason why we were able to uh, to get the table was because Mark A. Altman kept a record of his text exchange on actually getting the reservation. So they were like, OK, they which had to was, give us the table. They had to give us the table, which was a good. And move. they were so apologetic the rest of the meal. I mean, that's good customer service. But yeah, they were so is. apologetic. I'm like, it's OK. It's not you hit me with a scooter or anything. It's OK. And, um, it, it, wasn't uh, as, it wasn't as apologetic as the uh, maitre d' and uh, uh, Ferris Bueller. But no, 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 <laughs> no. But we were not the sausage kings of Chicago either. Well, so we're, we're um, speak for yourself. We? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> 
So, so anyway, so I, um, I have to say, I, I ordered a beet salad, which I don't often order for um, appetizer. That was like, like dessert. It was so sweet and utterly delicious. I could not get over it. And that was even before we had the steak. Now, you had a filet, didn't you, Darren? I did. Boy, the, the vegetarians listening to the show are going to be very upset with us. But you had the filet. It was glorious. I am yeah. a, a full-on carnivore. And yeah. it was Damn. glorious. And then what, what did you have, Ashley? I don't remember. Uh, I believe. Oh, my God. What the hell uh-huh. did I have? I had a ribeye. That's what you I did. Had. You had the ribeye. And I had, I had the, the YU. Yeah. I had the YU, which was amazing. Yeah. And then it was so great because, you know, Vegas obviously has the theme going. So out on the deck, they had this beautiful waterfall and it would pulse. The lights would pulse in concert with the songs. And uh, if you're Sonny and Cher, fan, they had a, they had all kinds of different music playing. And it was just it was the, 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 the ambience was so wonderful. I mean, it, you know, we, we walked out of the wind thinking, why are we not staying here? Why couldn't the Star Trek convention be here? But, I walked um, into the wind thinking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that was that was lovely. But that was not um, I mean, Darren would say that was not our best meal. That was not our of, best meal. Because, of course, on on, on Friday night, Friday. Uh, we uh, we went to uh, dinner at the uh, at the voodoo steak uh, at the top of the uh, uh, Rio Hotel, a ride uh, that I wasn't sure we were going to survive. That's true. Uh, but we got to we got to spend some time with our dear friend, Robin Curtis, Uh you may remember her as uh, Lieutenant Savick from Star Trek Three, the Star Trek movie that we uh, really wish was better. Um, but uh, uh, it was uh, it was a delightful evening, and uh, she uh, really uh, mixed it up with the sausage party uh, and uh, gave us some good uh, female energy for a change, which was nice. Well, if it you was. think she was entertaining on the podcast, you have no idea how entertaining <laughs> she was at dinner. <laughs> But um, Robin Curtis, uncut. but that doesn't that doesn't really help you guys, does it? Um, no. What what can we share that would be, you know, to amuse our captains? Oh, we. She was lovely and frank. She, she was lovely and she, and and uh, you know she was uh, uh, energetic and she wanted to go out on the on the uh, roof and take oh. photos and 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 uh, there was this one moment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where mm, this is amazing. This, this uh, this uh, young fan came up to her and she was almost she was physically shaking. She was trembling. She was yeah. physically like really like I mean, but she was out of excitement, excitement yeah. and nervousness. And uh, and uh, Robin just sort of, uh, you know, put her hands on her shoulders and and reassured her that everything was good. And uh, and she was uh, honored to have uh, uh, her. Uh, you know, come up and talk to her. And it was just such a beautiful she, moment. It was very moving. She put her at ease immediately. Yeah. And then she had this whole long conversation. And the woman you could tell was just a bullion. She was so, I mean, because, you know, they say, don't meet your, you know, your idols, you know. And um, it, it, Robin could not have been nicer or warmer to her. Yeah. And this this woman who was so nervous, who was so worried about coming up to her, she, she put her at ease and they had the most lovely conversation. Yeah. And she said, oh, you know, I'll see you tomorrow. You're, you know, and, and she, you know, it was just, it was so sweet. 
Absolutely. It happened a couple of times, but that was the most striking. I and mean, there are a couple other people came up later, but that, that, that was so sweet. I mean, maybe what she was like 21, 22. Oh yeah. 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 A baby, you know? And I think that it kind of went to what um, most impressed me about Robin. I think, look, the, the whole, this being an actor on Star Trek thing, right. Especially when you're not one of the, the main cast or you're not treated as one of the, the main cast and, or frankly, actors on any big science fiction franchise and their relationship with the convention circuit. I think there is, uh, I have often encountered a certain, I think maybe the word I'm looking for is jaded um, or there is um, a sort of a, 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 how to put it. I think what Robin brought was a very philosophical way of looking at her relationship with Star Trek. Uh, and it was a very positive, very healthy view of what she had done, that it was a thing that she had done, that it meant a great deal to her, um, that she was so glad that she'd done it, that she felt so blessed that it had happened to her, but it was not her. And it was not her entire life. It wasn't who she was. Uh, it was an important part of her life. And that's such a, an interesting distinction because I think it's very easy. And look, it happens to, I think, any of us who go to a lot of these conventions and you start like talking to people and all that is, I, I think it's easy to get caught up in the unrelenting fabulousness of the, uh, of the, of the convention experience. And, you know, Robin was just very, um, she was very real. She was just Robin the whole time. And I think that's why she was able to reassure that girl, like, why she went from shaking to, to smiling because right. it was, Oh, this is a human being. It's like, it's just, it was, it was, it was refreshing. I probably, when I took that picture, shouldn't have said, okay, now say David is dead. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, probably not, but it was also kind of awesome. All at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, one of the things that was, that was so funny was when uh, Darren first went up to uh, Robin at, at her table um, uh, you know, we never met in person. Right. So they touched fingers like yeah, I, I reached out my fingers in the uh, traditional uh, uh, romantic Vulcan salute. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, it was so funny. She responded in kind. It was it was so cool. It, it was, was so it was, cool. it was really funny. And um, I have to say that, you know, we didn't talk about Star Trek that much, although, you know, she did talk about how wonderful Bill Campbell was, which was really mm -hmm. sweet. And Jimmy Dewan had some great stories, but we really were talking about other things. And she is such um, besides being a raconteur, um, she is um, she has such great questions. Like she should be moderating panels at these conventions. One hundred percent. I mean, yeah, I, there was a, like a good twenty minutes where you know I felt like it was this is your life, Ashley Miller. She was asking such <laughs> incisive, interesting questions, um, and I'm like thinking she she should be doing panels or she should have yeah. a podcast or, or yeah. something because uh she's really good at it very and good at it. Uh, yeah and there are, and, there are know, definitely people who do it a lot who aren't half as good as what she does which i think is and this i think is the superpower and this is you know again like why i think she was able to handle that fan as well as she did yeah, yeah. she yeah. she conveys genuine interest yeah. Uh, and genuine attention and listening. And that's such an important quality, you know, and somebody who does that kind of a job. I agree. It's like conventions should be falling all over themselves to get her to come and to, to moderate panels. Agreed. Um, 
totally. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, um, go ahead, Darren. Sorry. I was just going to say, you know, I skipped over the night before because it's a big story, too. It is. Um, We went uh, to uh, uh, the show from one of our uh, guests from uh, uh, a couple months ago. uh, Hazel Honeysuckle. Who uh, who was uh, putting together that uh, sort of uh, uh, racy cosplay Star Trek book, um, uh, one in uh, 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 suitable for work and one not suitable for work, um, and uh, uh, we were able to go see her show, which is absent at uh, Caesar's Palace. Yeah, it's funny because you know, she extended uh, invitation for us to come in, and I. You know, when she, she invited us, I, I didn't realize what a, um, this, what a this was deal the this show was. to see and see. And like, she's on all the key art and like all the posters. Billboards everywhere. Like, she's the green fairy. Know, and, and I was doing this more like, oh, okay, well, that's nice. And she was on the show and, you know, we should take her up on the invitation to go, but didn't think much of it. Um, but what a fun time that was. And yeah. Obviously, she was the star. And for anyone who goes to Vegas, who and oh, and, and this is the funniest thing. So we get there um, and we're waiting for the 10 o'clock show and uh, we're sitting there uh, um, and just enjoying ourselves. And who comes out of the big tent, the Spiegel tent? That's where they hold it at Caesars. Um, it, uh, but uh, none other than um, our good friend, uh, Rod Roddenberry. And uh, we're like, Rod, hey, because we hadn't seen I've seen him since the pandemic began. And he's like, you're going to love the show. It's so great. And uh, we're like, oh, well, uh, you know, one of our guests, one of our recent guests is, is apparently the star of the show. And uh, he's oh, so great. You're, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. It's so great. Um, <laughs> and uh, indeed, it was. It was it was pretty spectacular. And uh, something tells me that uh, Gene Roddenberry would have enjoyed it very much as well. I suspect yeah. he would have. Yeah, Although I- it, it, we wouldn't have known that we were going to enjoy it so much because after dinner, we had taken um, Peter and Aaron and um, Scott Mance to dinner um, at Caesars and uh, to thank them for everything. I don't know what we're thanking Scott for, but whatever. And uh, so thanks for we, being uh, Scott. Thanks for being Scott. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> Scott, you know, Scott had to be up early the next day because he was moderating on the DeForest Kelly stage and we were going on the show. We're wandering around this casino trying to find the Spiegel where tent, was. which where it was for like what 90 minutes. I and I totally. finally looked at each other and realized we're in the plot of the Royale. <laughs> we're stuck in a casino and we, <laughs> we can't, can't get, get out. out. And yeah. finally, finally, we think we have we, we think we know like we an hour later to get out. And, yeah. and we, 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 we're, we're looking, and who shows up? Scott Mids. He's got to find the taxi. He, he couldn't like find out. Either. <laughs> it was. Oh, my well, God. I thought our solution to getting out was pretty good. Like when we cheated at the blackjack table, won all that money and bought the hotel. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought that was freaking fantastic, guys. I mean, it was the it, logical it, thing it, to do. Totally the logical thing to do. Um, but but I, seeing Mance on the way out, uh, you know, when we were just, just getting there was was a, a, a definite spinal tap moment. Yeah. Oh my God. It was, it was literally like we were backstage. Hello, Cleveland. I mean, we just could not find, there was like barely any signage it was, it was the whole idea is they try and keep you in the casino, but you think they their, succeeded their, yeah. their, their, their signature show, at least they would have signage or something, but no. And I mean, literally Scott couldn't find a taxi. I mean, it was crazy. It was, was absolutely great. crazy. 
But, but um, I love, by the way, that show. And for the record, that was my ninth time. I found that Vegas amazing. Or Los Angeles. I yeah. found that amazing. And it's a little bit different every single time. There are acts that they have that I love that you guys didn't get to see. But it's like, it's just, it's always fun. It's always funny. It has such terrific energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, I, it, it never gets old for me. And there's an act right out of The Prisoner. Oh, yeah. With the bubble? <laughs> with the rover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was. Oh, that the was, bubble act's very good. <laughs> That's like a favorite. The <laughs> it was it was a really it was a really fun time we're very grateful to hazel who ended up um uh, uh, uh she came to the convention she came to the convention um first as a supernumerary which was uh somebody on the bridge that doesn't have a name right. <laughs> of next generation and then uh on the last day i guess came as a bajoran with the um uh, another member of the the the, the play and i wish i knew her name I, because i had left by then but um the, the sword swallower and uh, she came as uh, Lieutenant Hora, and I mean it was like yeah. spot on. I I I got to uh, meet with them at the uh, at the uh, what should call it the uh, uh, the Rat Pack show uh, afterwards. Oh. <laughs> so right. I, I sat with them at that, and uh, that was a fun thing. And uh, they they were both uh, extremely sweet, and they wanted to you know go up and get the CDs from uh, from the Rat Pack uh, guys. And uh, it was a, a lot of fun and they were fans and it was uh, it was hilarious. Yeah, I feel bad because, of course, you know, we both worked with Jeffrey Combs and he was on our mm-hmm. show as well. And yeah. it would have been nice to uh, to see him. Uh, and also, I'm, I, I, I used to be I used to be pretty friendly with Max Gordenchik as well. Yeah. But, you know, I'd already left town and Ashley had left town. So you were the only one left. The only one left. Just you. The only one no left. man left behind. <laughs> right. Oh. There was there was on the, <laughs> on the third planet. Uh, but the, the great thing uh, through all of this, uh, my brother was able to come visit and he had a great time hanging with us and being a uh, an honorary honorary Trexpert. <laughs> and uh, uh, he, uh, uh, he he's is still so there. nice. What happened? Well, he what is what so happened? nice, your brother. He's so oh, he's, nice. He's incredibly nice. I love him. him. He's your he's brother, great. brother. <laughs> you yeah, don't have, have a brother. Know. I happen you to know. Um, <laughs> No, he's great. And, you know, we, you know, we were, we were separated by six years. So uh, he only became interesting after I left. Uh, so uh, <laughs> that's the thing. And he, he's become a, uh, you know, a professional musician and he teaches music at uh, uh, local college and uh, he's uh, great. And he is a, uh, a uh, well worthy to carry the name Doctorman in my, in my opinion. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, oh, we get along. Do you think so? Yeah, well, so he's not an honorary doctor. It's my it's my decision. Official I, I'm the elder. I'm the elder. <laughs> Is it like an, uh, making an honorary expert into a expert? You mean an honorary of... brother into a brother? Yes, brother, brother, but, uh, brother, brother. Uh, we 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 brother. both went into uh, creative areas, and and they're different enough that uh, we can relish in each other's uh, uh, successes, and it's great. I hope you relish it as much as I. <laughs> Correct. Um, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so, so, but what um, else do you want on your hot dog? Well, I, I, <laughs> well, I, I have to say, so, uh, one of the highlights, obviously we were very lucky to have, um, uh, our, our good friend and, 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 uh, executive producer, uh, 
Dean Devlin jetted in to yep. uh, join us for our panel on Friday. Uh, we did a panel on, it was Friday the 13th, so it seemed appropriate. And you'll hear the complete uh, complete panel on a future week of Inglorious Trexperts on Trex spookiest episodes. Ooh. The Trex spooks. The tre- I yeah, don't the Trex- think that's a good name. <laughs> yeah, I will, we'll keep working on that one, yeah. Ashley. Yeah. You know, don't get cocky, kid, just because you're a Trexpert. Uh, <laughs> Um, but that was a really fun because, of course, you know, for those who don't know, uh, Dean's mother was uh, one of the stars of Wolf in the Fold. Yeah. Um, and so he regaled us with stories of his mom being on Star Trek and how the impact of that on him as a young child. And of course, we talked about some other um, spooky episodes of, of Star Trek as well. Um, and and that was uh, that was really fun. And, uh, and that yeah, was he, weird. I was that the it, one that Colin Robinson that Colin Robinson was at, or was that the morning? No, that was the morning. Okay. There was a guy, there was a guy (laughs) who, who comes up and you know, certain Star Trek fans, they can be a little long winded as you know. And he started to talk about something and he just went on and on. And it was like to the point where it was like droning on. And uh, he was, you know, he, he, I looked at him and I'm like, Oh my God, that's Colin Robinson. I wanted to say, I loved you and what we do in the shadows. But I just really, I didn't know if people would get it. And then I also, I didn't want to hurt the guy's feelings if he did get it. But, um, but man, now I'm telling you, I felt like that was Colin Robinson. I would have for those, who, for those who don't know what that is, uh, uh, he is a character in uh, What We Do in the Shadows who is a, an energy vampire. And he basically sucks the life out of the room when he starts talking. Yeah, um, yeah well, I kind of felt that. Yeah. yeah. It made me think that for future panels, when we do that, what we need to have on the stage is a big brass gong and a hammer, right? right? That we just wrestle each other to get to the hammer. <laughs> Stop you. No, Jamie Farr. Yeah, that was the morning panel because you know what? Scott was moderating because I wouldn't have let him go on as long as he did. Because I, yes, that's, what I would, that's, that's also why I didn't say it. Colin Robinson, thank you. Um, I, but um, but yeah, we talked about Trek's spookiest episodes and and that was um, that was a lot of fun. And um, it was a nice way to sort of uh, pay homage to Friday 13th. And um, and uh, and I we, think we had Dean a good had time. A good, I think Dean had a good time. He had a great time. Dean Dean was Dean took a picture of Ted Forward. He took a picture on the their recreation of the original bridge set. Um, he was there, obviously, uh, to help us promote um, the podcast on Electric Now. And we had an entire film crew there um, uh, chronicling the event that'll be on the Electric Now app. So hopefully people will download the Electric Now app and, and watch it. We're going to do a special from Vegas uh, hosted by uh, Yale Tigel. Yale, of course, is the um, a host of uh, Leverage After Show, um, a Leverage Redemption After Show. And her and Peter sort of worked the room and, and uh, interviewed uh, a bunch of people, including our next door neighbors at the booth, the Inglorious Trexpress booth. We're next to this wonderful... Um, uh, uh, Trek Apparel Company. Do you remember what they were called? Uh, I, I can. I'm gonna remember. have to cheat. I will tell to, you. I will tell I you because I have it, it right I here. But they had some great products, and uh, it was a whole uh, set of like uh, uh, printed garments with uh, gold very, bubble very clothing. Gold and bubble. you know what? Not only did they have great stuff, but apparently they brought poor Peter and Aaron donuts every morning. That's so I really wow. like those, okay. those those good people, which is a lot more than I could say we did. 
Uh, that's so, not true. We took very good care of them. We took very good care well, of them. I, was, I, I don't was, want anybody to think that we're not. I was surprised to see because they they have uh, you know completely licensed uh, uh, garments and you using uh, prints and imagery from uh, CBS Paramount, and I was surprised to see that the images in the Enterprise were the ones that I did a couple of years ago that uh, CBS, wow. that CBS uh, uh, bought from me, and so uh, a little bit of my work is uh, going on uh, uh, someone's butt somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny. I got to tell you, it was so funny because. I was looking, I was thinking, oh, this is pretty cool stuff. I said, I wonder if I should buy something, bring it home for my wife. And, you know, I sort of decided with the help of these two gentlemen, you know, that it would be um, not to do it because, you know, I didn't know exactly what she would want or if she even wanted it. And, you know, so I ended up not. And then I sent her a picture and she's like, why did you buy me something? She loved it. And I'm like, oh, God, you can never get these things right, can you? Oh, because, the great thing uh, is you can, I believe you can buy them online as well. You so. can at their company, gold, uh, what did I say it was called? Gold again? Bubble. Golden, gold, gold bubble. Goldbubble.com. And uh, I have to say, not only was their product great, they had like t-shirts that said, <laughs> Edith Keeler must die. And they had all these great yeah. patterns. And, you know, one of, one of my problems is like a lot of the old Star Trek stuff was like so lame. It'd be like, Picard and have a big picture of him like from the yeah. press kit or Spock yeah. or whatever. You know, what I liked about these designs is they're like hip. They're right. like sort of cool. Well, they, cool. they come from a they come from a knowledgeable stance of Star yes. Trek. And right. it's, yeah. and what is what is fun about Star Trek. It's not just some corporate BS with oh, we'll just put a picture of Nemoy and put the word Star Trek on it. You're done. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. got that t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. it's that inside out fandom that's also, I mean, it's it's really great. By the way, I think Edith Keeler Must Die is a terrific band name. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's a great. But let's start a band. I don't yeah, play. Hell yeah. That would be great. Come on. I didn't <laughs> call it Edith Keeler Must Die. Yeah. Um, but I will say, um, I know we'll be like, <laughs> we'll be opening for the Rolling Stones. <laughs> exactly. Where, where can we find people who are about as old as us? That's um, right. So, uh uh, I have to say, and the two people that ran this company were just so lovely. They were so lovely. One of them is the designer and the other one is like the marketer. And I think they're married and they were just so sweet and yeah. uh, really nice. And I wish them well. And um, I just think if you should check it out. I, I mean, you know, one of the people who pioneered sort of like the cool apparel many, many years ago in the wake of Free Enterprise was uh, our friend, our mutual friend, the late Sean Fanning. This was an idea Rob Burnett had. Um, and I remember he did a couple of mock-ups and one of them was Matt Decker, and all it said was there was, but not anymore. And that was like his idea. Um, and, and, and I have one of the sample shirts that they did. It doesn't fit me anymore, but it was uh, it was a great, great shirt. And I forget it was I forget what the name of the line was. It was really clever. It was um, it wasn't Talos Four. It was um, yeah. I had to ask Rob what it was, it was but really he had clever. a great name for the the line too. Um, because we also I remember we wanted to open like a. Uh, a, a club, a bar. Yeah. a bar, like the bar in the cage. Um, oh, all these great plans. Well, the are. great thing is they 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 can happen in the future. In the future, right. we'll all spend the rest of our lives. our lives. So, so you know, one of the things I was really struck by this whole weekend, despite the pandemic, despite the reduced attendance, one thing that was still there in abundance was creativity. Absolutely, yeah, the cosplay was extraordinary. Um, I, I think one of the most remarkable ones was the Herb Solo. Uh, they had a um, a, a Baylock, um, Baylock with, head with a with a, a plastic screen in front that had the Herb Solo's solo credit on it. Uh, just they were like doing the, the end title 
uh, clip from uh, Star Trek. It was hilarious. Dave Addy would have loved it the most because of the font. Well, yeah, but the font was wrong, but that's okay. Yeah, the font was <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, okay. but But um, what were some of the other cosplays you guys saw that you the thought were Star really Star Trek great? Phase 2, Ilya. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, which was pretty She great. was great. She was uh, there, great. Was a, there was a great uh, Dr. Daner from uh, uh, Where No Man Has Gone Before. Love that. I, you know, she I don't awesome. often compliment people, but I saw her when I was leaving and I was just like, that is awesome. Yeah. It, I'm constantly surprised to see so much love for TOS and cosplay. Yeah. Well, just because, so many. You know what? Uh, the thing that struck me about that, just kind of looking at the different costumes, there is an argument that that is probably the best television costume of all the series. I mean, there's just something about it that's sort of so clean and so effective, right? And, and iconic. And iconic. And you go, oh, I totally get it. Like, I absolutely believe that you're wearing it. There are other uniforms that I look at from other shows, and I'm not going to name them, but I go, no, you know what? Nobody's wearing it. Like, but I mean, look, some of those, there's also a band, right, of how successfully some of those uniforms are, um, are created for cosplay. Like I saw a guy who had like a totally fantastic 100%, I actually believe like somebody in real life would wear it um, version of the Star Trek First Contact later season Deep Space Nine uh, black and gray. Right. That mm-hmm. was terrifically made. And he had it like in multiple pieces. So he had like the under piece and all that other shit with the vest. Right. Awesome. But then I saw other versions of it that like when it was done more cheaply, like it just didn't play at all. Whereas like the, the TOS from a distance, like it always played. I mean, it always, when somebody like really had it tailored nicely. It was, it was next level. Perfect. Yeah. But yeah, it was perfect. But I, I think it was just, but there's a lot more latitude on the TOS costumes uh, in terms of, uh, uh sellability yes there was 100 there was a harry mud uh yeah and i saw a cyrano jones oh, oh I yeah i did too yeah. yeah i saw cyrano jones yeah that was good and then there was what was the um it was a really funny um hunter thompson uh, oh yeah hunter thompson uh carrying uh the uh the uh cannon from arena <laughs> yeah which was weird i didn't see that yeah. but that sounds yeah. awesome it's uh, funny because like some of the young kids who were doing TOS, very clever. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Very clever. It's funny. There were, there were a lot of uniforms uh, that people were wearing uh, from uh, uh, lower deck. Yeah. And very consistently to the point where I kind of wondered if like they aren't merchandising that a bit because Maybe. it was just, they, they all sort of like, I was I'm not, this is not a criticism. It's just like, what, it was just a, a tremendous consistency to the to the the quality of those uniforms and, and not to cast aspersions but every time i saw one it they looked like a domino's driver to me just saying <laughs> well, you know what? Of, maybe it was because they were carrying pizzas everything that, about that, that could be that could be okay there were okay. a couple of cat council troys which mm-hmm. were yeah. cool um trying to the think god- what else there was uh the um, goddess of empathy uh <laughs> yeah the goddess of empathy um but there was just um just it was a lot of imagination on display. So it didn't matter who was there, what actors canceled, what actors didn't make it. You know, I think that the people that were there were just really happy to be there among yep. their tribe and really yep. dug it. And I think that was great. And we saw a lot of real a lot of imagination at work 
Um, and it was really strange for me in particular um, to have so many people coming up to me as if they knew me, mm. which is a very odd feeling because, you know, honestly, even, even when I meet someone in person, I, I don't remember names very well. I'm really bad at that. I'm horrible at it. Um, and, I, you know, I, I kind of remember faces, but if I haven't met them before, and they act like they know me. I feel like, what am I doing wrong? What- well, but here's the thing. They, you know, they, they felt like they knew you because, of course, you were part of a huge panel in the Gene Roddenberry uh, Theater, uh, Leonard Nimoy Theater. Leonard Nimoy With theater. Mike and Denise Akuda and Rod Roddenberry and Trevor Roth, where you talked about a very exciting new project for Roddenberry Entertainment. Well, that that's true. It was, uh, it was uh, you know, launching the... Uh, the announcement of the Roddenberry archive that uh, is still in flux. It's still uh, being decided what it actually will be, but the, the intent is to preserve, uh, you know, like the preservers, uh, you know, all the, yeah, all the, uh, the, the uh, records and ephemera and uh, uh, notes and, uh, and designs and uh, all the sort of trappings of, Gene Roddenberry's life, you know, certainly focused around Star Trek, but other things as well. They have um, the napkin that Andromeda came from. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that was uh, that was destroyed in a uh, a freak writing accident. Yeah, that um, was no writing accident. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's uh, it's uh, this uh, this project uh, uh, pioneered by the uh, the head of uh, Otoy, which is a technology company, and. Um, uh, you know, the Okudas and uh, Doug Drexler and myself are, uh, are consulting on it to, you know, uh, sort of help, uh, help steer the direction of it. Uh, you know, I don't know how much use we can be right now, but uh, it's, uh, it's certainly a fascinating project. And, uh, uh, you know, I think we're, we're going for the, the long target on this to try, and, to try and preserve all this stuff, you know, for hundreds of years. That's the intent. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get close to that. Uh, you should well, just engrave it on a thing and send it into space on a probe. It can return. Idea. Wouldn't well, that be funny if like aliens will take over back and it was Gene Ronberry's consciousness inside the probe. Oh and then, God. you know, I he wants to touch to the creator. It. It's robots. Yeah, it's not all he wants to touch. <laughs> hey, watch it. Show us on the doll. Uh, um, you know, Darren, I don't want you to feel bad about not remembering names. Because I think people who know you from this podcast, who would judge you from not remembering names, don't really understand what happens in this podcast. Because I think if there is anything that is a constant on really any of, uh, any of our shows, uh, it's that we don't remember names, Jessica Von Puttermaker. Meredith Burgess, right? Pete Potwhistle. I mean, it's, we don't even know you if we know you. Okay. It's me. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Okay. You know, I'm trying to help you here, Darren. Yes. I'm trying to give you an excuse. I'm giving you an out. I'm as constant as the Northern Star. I'd give real money if he just shut up. I, I love that line. <laughs> But anyway, um, that, that, that experience that I had this past weekend was a surprise and a delight. And uh, it uh, really made me uh, grateful to be doing this uh, with you guys. Well, I think that um, whatever they do with the Roddenberry archives, if they are going to record any on audio, there's only one man who's up to the job. And that's you. 
I mean, they, they're crazy if they don't have you record Gene's, um, uh, do Gene's voice for well, the archives. We'll see. I mean, there's a, there's sort of a borderline of, uh, you know, uh, mockery and, and uh, tastefulness. And, uh, you know, I, I will, I, I would certainly, uh, you know, go along with anything that they would want me to do, uh, along those lines, but, uh, we'll see. I think, you know, it, it basically, uh, you know, is up to Rod as to yeah, how that sure, stuff sure. is. Well, uh, I thought they did a very nice job at the convention celebrating the uh, 100 years since Gene Ronberry's birth. Absolutely. Um, and they had all these great quotes. There were a couple of notable quotes that were missing, but um, <laughs> probably for the best. But uh, there were a couple of, you know, just lining the walls were all these quotes from Gene. And of course, Ronberry Entertainment programmed an entire stage throughout the weekend yeah. uh, as well. So uh, that was uh, that was great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and uh, I, I'm I'm happy to be around for this uh, this section of uh, history. It was also nice seeing our friends at um, uh, a Trek movie, um, and Anthony Pascal, Lori Ulster, and especially getting to hang out with uh, Brian Drew, who's a big fan yeah. of the podcast, great guy, um, shares a lot in common in terms of his viewpoints with the hosts of this podcast, and um, it was. Uh, and and they're a big fan of martinis so good on him yeah that's the important good, thing. good guy good guy so that was nice seeing the trek trek movie crew um i also uh, you know it's, you know it's interesting because you see these people you've only seen or connected with on on um on social Online so like social somebody things. like neil neil shirley who also is uh i guess writes for trek movie um you know who's spoken very nicely about some of the things we've done in the past got to meet him He's a lo lovely guy, very, very funny, and uh, a keen observer of, of events over the weekend. So I enjoyed his blog very much. And as it turns out, in the uh, dealer's room, I only bought one thing over the entire weekend. And what was that, Darren? I'm wearing it right now. It's my, it's my uh, next generation communicator pin that is a Bluetooth connector to my phone. Does nice. it work? It, it works. Okay, well, why don't you ask your phone? What won the Academy Award in 1988? See, that's what we call a callback. Yeah. I think, I think the battery is run down, number one. <laughs> well, then, boy, there's something wrong with those Bluetooth things. Well, of course there is. We're still in the 21st century, Mark. We're still in our infancy. <laughs> one day, Man however. Mankind sometimes runs the batteries down, but in the future, batteries will last way longer. And uh, everyone will be happy and, uh, and we'll uh, be going forth into the vast unknown with uh, charged cells, if you know what I mean. That's what she said. <laughs> so <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you know, it was a, it was really a, just a, a delightful time. And of course, um, uh, for those of us who think all we did was eat steak the whole time, we did go for Mexican. We did. So, um, and, you know, who would think in Nevada you could find a good Mexican restaurant? But we managed to do so. Um, what was the name of it? Delgado? No. What was no. That? I'm going to tell. I want it because we it's, have such a good Not waiter. only do we not remember people's names, we don't we remember, remember where we've been. We All don't I remember know where, is we, where we when parked. We, when um, we arrived, we thought we were in the wrong place. Right, because it was right next to a, uh, a very Sapphire's very, Gentleman's Club. Yeah, a very a big uh, okay. strip club. Well, I, I, I want to make very clear that we did not go into that establishment. No, we, did not. we went into Though the Mexican as, restaurant. You know what? Though as adults, we're perfectly allowed to. Right. And but I'm saying we, we just not. chose not. To. But we did not. Of course, I speak that way as a single person. 
<laughs> oh, I, I, as we talk, I'm rating the El Dorado Cantina. El Dorado Cantina. El Dorado. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. That means See, yeah. City of Gold, of course. Mm, City right. of Gold. And I got to tell you, those chicken nachos were golden. Um, <laughs> but uh, the food was terrific there. I yes. really enjoyed it. I thought the ambience was great. Um, it was a nice change of pace because we had had a lot of steak and Italian. And, um, and, that's and this right. was we a, Italian. That's we right. did. Remember, we went for Italian with Scott Mance? Yeah, that's right. You yeah, love like Italian. Italian. And so yeah. do you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, the only the only meals that weren't good were the ones that the not the Voodoo Lounge, but the, we went to that All-American Burger. That was yeah. terrible. You not know, it, it is what it is. It's always yeah. been like that. So whatever they're doing, they're doing on purpose. So <laughs> it's not an accident. That's a ringing endorsement. It's I actually got a, a, a survey from the Rio today. They so emailed I. me. I filled it out, that, too. So, yeah, OK. Yeah, <laughs> I filled it out. All right. <laughs> well, the, the I, sad thing about it is, that uh, you know, like it or hate it, it's not going to be there uh, for much longer. No, next year uh, that's yeah. not going to be there. next year. The, the the convention will not be there. I believe they're holding it at Bally's next year. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so uh, the Rio experience is uh, for now uh, ended. Yeah. Uh, so uh, who knows what the future is going to bring in that uh, realm? Yeah. Well, you know, I have to say, as I was wrapping up on Sunday before I left on my wonderful JSX flight, um, <laughs> I, I I hosted one last panel with them. Um, Adam Malin and, and, and Scott Mance. And this was an interesting one. This was, um, they took a survey of thousands of, um, of, of creation uh, uh, attendees or fans um, and polled them as to their favorite Star Trek series. Now, none of us knew what the answers were. And honestly, I was a little worried about being on this uh, because I, and I said up front, I said, you know, at the beginning of the Blu-ray DVDs where it says the opinions expressed in this audio commentary do not necessarily represent collect those in the studio. I said, I just want to say that up front that I'm just going to read what they tell me to read, but I'm not going to take responsibility for however you voted. But right. I was delighted uh, by the results. I have to it's say really fascinating. The results. What happened? really interesting. Uh, so you may not know, but you had left already. You'd left that morning. Yeah. So um, seven shows. Um, there are seven shows. They did not have Lower Decks or the animated series. It was only the live action shows. Um, so number seven, do you have any, what do you think was number seven? Uh, I feel like there is no good answer to that. I, I'm going to guess Discovery. Am I wrong? No, it was close. It was Picard. Okay. Number six was Discovery. Okay. Number five was Enterprise. Okay. Number four was Voyager. Okay. Number three. Next and number three is no. Number three was Deep Space Nine. Okay. Which you could argue it should have been two. Right. Uh, um, uh, we number two. We would argue. So it's Scott. Actually, I was surprised yeah. to hear him say that. Um, number two was um, Next Generation, and number one was the original series. I think that is a very rational list. Uh, that restores my renews my faith in humanity. And you've uh, restored my sons. No way. <laughs> <laughs> when I heard it, I'm quoting Star was Trek Three way too much on this show. <laughs> no, that's Star oh, Trek that's Six. Six. Mark. That's Star oh, Trek Star Six. oh yeah, that's right, Star Trek Six. I, I'm oh correct. My I'm sorry. Oh I my god! Oh my god! You know? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I know. I'm losing uh, it. You know I'm what? Lo- it's from that terrible accident I you know, had as a child. It's okay. When I got hit Mark. by that scooter. You, you know something, Mark? Everybody's human. Um, <laughs> it, you know, it, it took Nixon to go to China. But um, okay. So, so, so it was a very surprising and gratifying results. Uh, you know, and it was um, the only person who was aware of the final results was Gary Berman, who had written them down on the envelopes. He was like the Price Waterhouse of creation. Right. Um, and they had, you know, several thousand people responded to this poll that they did online. And um, it was very interesting. I don't know if it says more about the audience for creation or if it's indicative of a large trend in the fandom. Yeah. Yeah, it's it'll be really interesting to see how things play out over the next few years, honestly. Isn't it also interesting if you kind of think about it? It's like it's actually I think the list is probably largely correct. I mean, all things being equal, I do think that the scale is is probably looks something like that. Um, But it's also ordinal. Because it goes. It's in in perfect. uh, Yeah. uh, Sequential order. Yeah, yeah. fascinating to me. It is. And if anything, so it shows Star Trek waning in popularity, you know, it's kind of, it was kind of very interesting. But, um, uh, you know, look, you could make the argument, I think, as we would, that maybe Deep Space Nine should be number two. But I always say that's sort of like Star Wars and Empire and Godfather 1 and Godfather 2. It depends what day you ask me. There are days where I would say next gen. There are days where I would say Deep Space Nine. Either one is probably the correct answer. Right. You can't be completely wrong by saying either thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, look, some would say Enterprise should be ahead of Voyager. I don't I'm know. Not really one of them. But uh, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But again, that's where I start getting into, oh, this is what my scale looks like. And it's right. I mean, look, I, I feel that the animated series should be in there. You know, I mean, sure. It's very interesting you know, because it's very different than when like Entertainment Weekly does those articles. Right. Like they don't poll anyone. They just have like a critic. It's like when they do the Bond countdown and it's always ridiculous. Live and let die, the greatest Bond movie of all time. It's like, what? Do you know anything? And it's the same (laughs) thing when they do the Star Trek shows. It's always completely out of whack. So um, this was this is the fans speaking. Yeah. And I was very happy to be a part of that panel. It was another one where I had no idea what I was going to do. I didn't know what it was about. I just showed up. I barely woke up on time. And, uh, you know, (laughs) because I. Had had you know too many margaritas the night before, and um, you know I, I really stepped good, on stage. Martin. They, they were, were really apparently. good, weren't they? Oh man, so good! And um, I, uh, you had I, more uh, salt than Doctor McCoy's girlfriend. That was crazy. It was <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So um, you know, I show up and you know they. It was funny because I got there and Scott was entertaining the audience, and uh, uh, so I you know I joined in on the festivities. And um, uh, was giving out some wonderful um, giveaways from La Land Records, some of their soundtrack albums. And, uh, you know, I, I said, OK, well, I'm going to ask a trivia question. Scott, you can get it on the action. I, I said, um, I don't know how this came. Oh, he's talking about Robert Forster. Somehow we got in the black hole. I don't know how that happened. And, we're, and so we're talking about the black oh, hole and Robert Forster. So I said, what episode? I said, I said what a Star Trek guest star and what episode? Um, and what was the movie that a famous Star Trek guest star starred with Robert Forster in? And uh, esteemed film critic Scott Mance did not know, nor did anyone else in the audience know. But you guys must know who starred with Robert Forster and what was the movie from Star Trek? Oh, you don't know? My God. 
Um, uh, I don't remember. I don't see, remember. I'm going to take a wild guess, but Sound I don't like know why. From the fold. That it was Jackie Brown, but I, 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 but I couldn't be able to tell you who it no, was. No, no, no. It was, um, it was Mariana Hill from oh. Dagger of the Mine. It was started with Robert Forster in Medium Cool, right. Haskell Wexler's movie about uh, oh, the um, 1968 Democratic Convention. Yeah, and they're great together. Yeah, and she's great in it. And um, on yeah. So anyway, and of course I you were kinda... talking about the you were talking about Godfather before. She's in Godfather Two as she's Fredo in Godfather Two as well. Yeah, Godfather but you don't really Two see her or Star Godfather Trek as well. No, just Godfather Two. Oh, okay. She was Fredo's girlfriend, wasn't she? I'm trying to remember. Fredo's wife. Fredo's wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. Uh, if you can't control her, I'm going to have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I I have to say. I wish she was at the conventions because oh there is somebody God. I would yeah. love to talk. She's been so many great things. And of course, yeah. she's fantastic in Dagger of the Mind, which is not like a great episode, but she's yeah. great in it. She's luminous. Oh, luminous. God, yes. <laughs> and I, you know, I, used to, I used to think that Emily Banks as Tanya Barrows was like my, or, or Sherry Jackson as Andrea was my. No, They're I think both I, wonderful, I, but I think she it's, adds she adds the uh, the beauty to. She has a very uh, a, a strong spark and a yes. fun, fun yeah. in her performance. Yeah, I, 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 I complete. Well, you know, because they're they're playing around with the neural neutralizer, and it's sure. all fun until somebody gets hurt. But uh, and of course, uh, James Gregory is in it, who yeah. um, is awesome because you know he was a Manchurian Candidate, yeah. and uh, he was Urko and Ursus in um, uh, 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 Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. He's great. He's also, he's great. I mean, he's so great in Manchurian Candidate. And of I mean, course, Barney the- Miller. And of course, Barney Miller. Yes, Barney Miller as well. Which but I loved him as Ursus and Beneath. I don't remember oh, yeah. Barney Miller, but I'm just know. saying most people. he was great. Yeah, most people don't remember. Yeah, you saw, Ron, not Ron Glass. Um, what's his name? Just died recently um, uh, from uh, Abe Vigoda. No, that was a couple of years ago. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That's when we started recording this episode. So I, I got to say, Vegas was great. What, what was the highlight, the absolute highlight for you? And then we're going to call this one uh, a quits till next year. Oh, my goodness. I, I think, you know, my highlights, I think, uh, have to remain personal because there's many of them that were really wonderful things uh, to do, uh, you know, during the weekend and uh, wonderful moments that uh, are just uh, great. I had a great time. Yeah, I had a great time with you guys. Yeah. I, I, you know, it was really fun hanging out. Uh, with the Trexperts, and I say that plural. The way we used Ashley to do. Is, the way we used to do. Yeah. And, I mean, I, you know, look, a, a lot of this was because Comic-Con didn't happen this year. San Diego. Yeah. So we go to Comic-Con every year, WonderCon, and neither of them happened. And, and, and you know, again, uh, Gary and Adam were kind enough to invite us as guests. So yeah. we, we decided we would go because this was an opportunity for us to, you know, sort of hang out and celebrate our love of uh, Star Trek and also celebrate the love. Celebrate to promote, uh, uh, you know, to promote various things that we're all working on and um, in, in, including my new uh, documentary, 1982, uh, Grace Geeker Ever, which you can support on Indiegogo. And um, we uh, and my new book, Secrets of the Forest in bookstores <laughs> now. Uh, but um, but it was a really nice it was a really nice time with you and your brother. Well, thanks. Your brother was awesome. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I think I think for me, like other than other than my certificate. Um, and look, there were so many things, dinner with, with, uh, with Robin and going out on the, um, on the 
on that patio and realize not have to zip line down, you know, the the meeting with that fan. Um, But I have to say probably the most pure fun moment that was just completely bananas was, uh, was the first night we were there, like sitting with Darren at the bar and we were attempting to call a baseball game that we simply did not understand as though we were baseball game announcers who knew what we were doing. I'm sure we were driving everybody around us insane, but by God, that was pretty great. It's little moments like that that really make uh, an experience. But unfortunately, even the best times have a dark side. I got hit by a scooter. (laughs) That was one of my highlights. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) And now the screaming uh, death of Mark Oldman. In a hundred years or so, we'll look back and laugh at this moment as the moment that you started to become more than human. <laughs> I know. I mean, I got to get that $6 million together yeah. so they can give me a bionic uh, They're more chin. expensive now. Inflation, inflation, inflation. Yeah, but I don't need the arm and the eye. I just need the, 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 the leg. <laughs> and then I can play tennis as good as Jamie, uh, Jamie Summers. Yeah. That was one of the highlights of the last time we were in Vegas. When we were at Rob's wedding and Steve Melching, you know, had the tracksuit. He was the ring bearer, not Frodo. The ring bearer. Yeah. And he handed the ring to Rob to put on the finger of his blushing bride. And it went. It was so awesome. So awesome. So anyway, well, look, I hope this wasn't a ridiculous episode for you. Maybe we. We shared a little taste of what it was like to be in Vegas for those of you who either couldn't come or were worried about the uh, the virus, um, understandably so. Uh, but we had a good time, and uh, they're not going to prosecute. If you didn't like this episode, relax. Next week is going to be a different one, so you'll be okay. Double dumbass on you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Trexpert. Um, you're welcome. So, on uh, behalf of the Trexperts, Darren Doctorman, Ashley Miller, and myself, we want to thank you for listening to another episode of Inglorious Trexperts. Of course, if you like this episode or liked other episodes and didn't like this episode, please rate us five stars wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can, of course, listen to our sister podcast, The 430 Movie, Best Movies Never Made, Cartoon Barroom, and uh, wherever you listen to podcasts or watch them on the Electric Now app. You can download that or watch it on Stir, Roku, or IMDb. And of course, our video only podcast, Leverage Redemption After Show, um, which is definitely worth checking out. It's a terrific podcast. And um, in addition, uh, we'll be posting some pictures from our Las Vegas adventures on our social channels, which not include- all of them. <laughs> no. Facebook, yeah, not the limo, uh, <laughs> but the uh, but the the um, uh, uh, Facebook, uh, we're um, Twitter at Inglorious Trek, Instagram at Inglorious Trexperts, and um, of course, we want to thank uh, Bill Ritter who came out to record us in Vegas. Bill, special shout out, he always goes so above and beyond for us, and we truly appreciate it. And for him to brave the Delta virus and um, come out, uh, Delta variant, and, and come out and record the uh, panel so that it would be preserved for posterity. We're, we're truly appreciative. It was great to see Bill uh, at the convention. And of course, um, we want to thank uh, Mark Franco, who also joined him on that great adventure. And our producers, uh, uh, Nally Miscali, who scheduled the whole thing and arranged the logistics 
to, to, uh, and then of course we also have our associate producer Zach Raggett and Peter Holmstrom who manned the booth the whole weekend and made it all possible. So thank you, Peter. Yeah. Uh, so very much. And a special thanks to Aaron Ratner as well, who joined him and uh, helped set up the booth and made sure that everything was okay for when Darren and I breezed in for 10 minutes to sign. Um, And uh, until next week, now we're getting very close. I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, and boys and girls of all ages, we are getting very, very close to the end of the season. This will be uh, a whole, the end of season three. We're getting turnabout intruder. (laughs) This could be our turnabout intruder. Or, or it could be the best of both worlds. This is true. That's right. a good point. You know what? Vote on social. Let us know. Was this turnabout intruder or best of both worlds part one? You make the call. And uh, you pick the winner. Wait, you pick the winner. There you go. Um, and, uh, and we're going to be coming back for fourth season. In case you didn't know, we're coming back for fourth season. We're going to have uh, Darren and myself, the Trexperts, along with... Uh, Guest Trexpert, um, Mr. Ashley Edward Miller, joining us um, for all new episodes of Inglorious Trex for a fourth season. It's hard to believe that we are a uh, fourth season. What? How are we still doing this? We have one show. episode a week for the last three years. That's We've had no repeats. Yeah. A little thing that you did in a lark three years ago was turned into a colossal waste of time. I mean, yeah, we did have a clip show, but even the clip show we recorded a bunch of stuff for. Yeah. You're sh- you know, the shades of gray. Yeah, the shades of green, right? Shades yeah. of green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we recorded we recorded wraparounds, which was like a whole bonus episode because yeah. we did like an hour wraparounds for for the clips. We so did, even we that was material for those wraparounds. Unlike shades of gray. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's got me. No. <laughs> but yeah, so we we did our clip show. But I mean, these are all new episodes. We, yeah. we, we, you know, and, and, uh, you know, look, hopefully, uh, Peter and, uh, Lisa, uh, Clink, our guest hosts will be, uh, uh, subbing, uh, for us throughout the season, uh, as they cover, uh, they've been doing some great, great shows and Absolutely. will continue to do show. And of course, um, if you can't get enough of us, and I, I can't imagine why you could, um, Darren and I, and, and Ashley are frequently heard on the Trexperts briefing room, which is a, another podcast that we do where we do audio commentaries for significant episodes in Star Trek history. So this could be from any of the shows. You never know until you tune in. Um, But uh, we're having a lot of fun doing those. And uh, sometimes we have special guests. Sometimes we don't, but they're all special. Sometimes they go away and sometimes they wouldn't go away. (laughs) (laughs) I really, I was listening to the Taste of Armageddon one the other day. um, And uh, that's a good one. That's a fun yes. one. I, I, I like enjoy, that. Show. I enjoy the briefing rooms. I enjoy doing those. Yeah, they're they're a lot of fun, and, and they're more to come because that's been renewed as well. That's so right. there's not only going to be a fourth season of Inglorious Trexperts on the Electric Now app and wherever you listen to the podcast, but a, a second season of the Trexperts briefing room as well. So that's been picked up by the Electric Surge Network, returning for another season, and uh, we're, we're we're thrilled to bring you all the track you could ever want. And more. And more. So, <laughs> okay, I think it's time to go. What do you guys say? My goodness, we're, yeah. we're, we're approaching two hours here. So oh, my must... God. Okay. So, Ashley, as, as a newly minted Trexpert, why don't you take us out? I think I need a tranquilizer. For everything, there is a first time, Mr. Miller. Wouldn't you agree, Mark? 
Yeah, I still it's need a tranquilizer. Crazy. Caught me by surprise. But since this is, in fact, uh, the third season finale, and I, I know how I vote it should be, I think there is only one thing that I can say. Mr. Doctorman, Mr. Altman, fire. Bright light said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn, so get those stakes up higher. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living the devil may care. And I'm just a devil with love to spare. So Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. How I wish that there were more than the 24 hours in the day. Even if there were 40 more, I wouldn't sleep a minute away. Oh, there's blackjack and poker and the roulette wheel. A fortune won and lost on every deal. All you need is strong heart and a nerve steel. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas with your neon flashing and your one-arm bandits crashing. Almost holds down the drain. Fever, Las Vegas, turning day into night, time turning night into daytime. If you see it once, you'll never be the same again. I'm gonna keep on the run, I'm gonna have me some fun. It cost me my very last dime. If I wind up broke, well, I'll always remember that I had a swing in time. I'm gonna give it everything I've got Lady luck, please let the dice stay hot Let me shoot a seven with every shot Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas Viva, Viva This is a production of the Electric Surge Network.